I'm novelist Sherry Todd Bayshore, and this is Mystery Podcast. This week, I'm offering the first three chapters to my 2018 novel, Year of the Dog, another suspense thriller. This thriller is actually a sequel to The Count of Balpate, already posted previously. Correlation, fused to karma, has an energy that ensures that any loose ends or unfinished business gets finished. CSU history professor Hank Rule has retired with plans to relax from any media limelight. However, those plans become interrupted when former student and ball-paid investigative colleague Claire Gage calls him again. This time, what appears to be a simple missing persons case soon leads in the direction of an affair with a Catholic priest, an unexplained death, and a ghost organization on the brink of accomplishing an ambitious and terrifying objective. Today is Chapter 1 of Year of the Dog. Hank, it's almost 1 o'clock. Do you plan to get out of your robe at all today? Cleo Rule stood at the other side of the screen door to her husband's garage attic office. The midday sun was at her back, casting her slender shape in silhouette. Really? Is it that late already? Retired CSU history professor Hank Rule pivoted in his vintage oak desk chair to face his wife of 35 years. From a corner window, an early afternoon sun hit only one side of Hank's face. The other half of his coffee-colored skin was in shadow. Shit, I've been at my desk since 8 this morning, and what little I've written is crap. With her own brand of ancient Korean wisdom, Cleo spoke gently, but frankly. It's been 18 months now. Do you think you should see someone? Cleo opened the screen door, then into the cluttered room. She picked her way to an antique piano stool, the only other place to sit. You mean a psychiatrist? She rested one arm on a pile of four reference books stacked at one end of an antique library table. The narrow table was at an angle to the north wall between Hank's roll-top desk and the east wall of the overstuffed bookshelves. With each passing decade, the Colorado State professor had built his 20-by-20-foot office with books and reference papers that typically accompanied university teaching, research, and publishing. His office was larger than Cleo's at her bookstore, but with less usable space. Hank was reluctant to part with anything. With two dated laptops, three vintage computers and monitors, he also kept original paper files in three tall metal file cabinets. Their four grown sons described their father's office as the Techno Museum. Hank's first cell phone was in a box with 30-year-old computer cables. The box of cables was on the same shelf as his 1988 IBM computer and monitor that read 6-inch floppy disks. A nine-pound, still-functioning Toshiba laptop was on the shelf above the vintage IBM, beside Hank's second computer that read three-inch file disks. On the uppermost shelf was a clear plastic bin where each of Professor Rule's former cell phones had been laid to rest. Cardboard file boxes were stacked in random columns containing research material from published papers, specifically the research data for both his master's and doctoral thesis. Other files held additional research documentation he planned to use for potential future papers. After Hank retired, Mrs. Rule expected that they could find several days to purge his office together. 
However, at the height of the Count of Balpate investigation, Professor Harrison Rule and the Estes Park Sheriff, Claire Gage, were inundated with media intensity and numerous rounds of public speaking obligations. When the Balpate investigation had run its course, Hank immediately dived into research for a book. He hoped the new material could make sense of the disturbing era of history that he had missed, exposed by the Balpate case. An era so concealed its discovery had caused the death of several people, including Hank's best friend, Larimer County Sheriff Juan Mendoza. And naturally, over the subsequent months since, the piles of additional research material began to wedge its place into the few square gaps that remained in Hank's home office. Cleo maintained steady eye contact with her husband, a man she knew so well. Maybe not a psychiatrist, maybe a talk therapist. You know everyone in the psychology department at CSU. Hank smiled, then stood, and extended both of his arms to grasp both of Cleo's hands. Pulling her to stand in front of him, his arms encircled her tiny frame. I have you to talk to. At six feet, Hank Rule was like a bear with paws, hugging a sapling. His wife, at just five feet tall, almost disappeared, surrounded by two wide flannel sleeves. Cleo's head rested against her husband's chest. But you haven't been talking to me, she spoke into his sleeve. Not really. Hank kept her close. I thought I could get over Juan's death on my own. In time, tears stung behind his deep brown eyes, threatening. No, my darling hero, we're not supposed to get over the death of anyone we knew well and respected and loved. Leo lifted her head, looking up at the aging but handsome face that had caused her so many sleepless nights after they first met. However, we are supposed to keep living at our own absolute best until it's our time to go. This ends Chapter 1 for Year of the Dog, but please return tomorrow for Chapter 2. And thank you again for listening.